On the Sports Daily, it's time to introduce the 1985 Brownie medalist from the Footscray Football Club, Brad Hardy. Introducing the boy from Hilton, the AFL guru, Brad Hardy. Good morning, Bradley. Morning, Pickers. Good morning, Timmy. Good to be with you, boys. So, yeah, come on, Wildcats. Zip up a little bit. We need them to uh, to fly the flag for us, that's for sure. Oh, just this little birdie, Tommy, a little bit of, Timmy, maybe a little bit of angst in the front office at the Wildcats under a different ownership now. So, anyway, what's this space on that one? Oh, right, OK. Well, hopefully... It doesn't impact. Yeah, the Jack's gone. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. We know that it's a changing landscape for the Wildcats, a new coach as well. Mm. But they need to win tonight. That is the bottom line. Uh, they do. Now, we come to you with news today that Darcy Moore has signed on until 2028. This is a big signing for the boys in the black and white. Yeah, I'm not sold on it, to be honest. I don't know. He's a terrific player. Um, but, uh, look, this is just supply and demand. Nothing else. Because he's a very good player. I'll give him that. But he hasn't sort of cut it as well as I think they would have liked. There's just a dearth of that type of player out in the marketplace right at the Even Daniel McStay's getting offers of six years diggers, you know, at, at, from you know the Brisbane line. He's, he hasn't signed yet. So it just seems to be that this is the, this is the area that clubs are trying to hone in on to go forward. And we know they're going to keep the Goey and, uh, and that type of thing. They've got the Dacos boys, and they're trying to keep this, this together. He's 26, Tim. Um, Played 100 and odd games, you know, he's sort of had a few injuries over the last couple of years, and yeah, but it's just a, and it's going to come at a big cost. I mean, I would think somewhere in the in the order of in excess of 900 a year. They say he could have got more elsewhere, but yeah, I, I just think there's uh, might have been a little bit over investment for mine, but he'll be, that, that might make him Tim uh, Diggers 32 at the end of this. So. Uh, and they've already got they've already got uh, Grundy hanging around their neck at the moment. So you, get, you just seem to be that Collingwood are all guns in at the moment, all in all ins in. But whether you like it, Brad, or I like it, or the neutral like it, that and you you said supply and demand. It is what it is. It's it's not going to change anytime yeah. soon. These long term contracts. No, but they should just they, they, look. You've got to be you've got to be sort of try and be balanced a little bit as well. I would give him four, absolutely. You know, but six is um, yeah. I know you have to sometimes pay overs to to keep players and all of that sort of stuff. But you know, sometimes you just never know, do you? you? You can unearth someone coming along out of the next draft, the next two drafts, the next five drafts. You know, you just uh, you know, I would think uh, you know a Jacob Weedering type. That's that's you try and pinch him. You know, if you could uh, that type of bloke, I think probably more in line for a six-year than, than a Darcy Moore, but that's just me. That's just me. As I said, I, I, I wouldn't be jumping all, all ends in just to be for one player for six years. Well, our listeners might have a thought on that. Would you sign Darcy Moore on a six-year deal or would you go maybe that shorter four-term year deal? Let us know on the Retrovision text but it, they might. They, ideally, they might have wanted to go four, but if other clubs are coming with six or seven-year offers and he's entertaining those offers, well, you have to up your sights, don't you? Yeah, well, I think the, the managers do that job. Absolutely, they, they, they do they it well. Say, every, every, everybody floats something that, oh, yeah, this one's coming, this one's coming. But um, in reality, most of these clubs are pretty well connected these days and they sort of know who and who's really uh, on first and who's on second and who's not going to be on third. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll come out of the wash-up, but good on him. I'd sign it too. Six years ago. Yeah, exactly. Same as with Grundy, I'd sign it too. But, you know, we've seen it with the uh, – it hasn't gone well. It just hasn't gone well, those long-term contracts. 
contracts in recent years. And I'm, you know, you look at Canelio and a few of those, the boys at the GWS Giants and a few others around the competition. So, yeah, I, I think clubs will learn one day, but it's just when. All right, Brad, let's get stuck into the footy tonight. Port Adelaide and Melbourne. In a way, could this be a, the right assignment for Port Adelaide? Under pressure, test yourself against the big dogs in the competition and make a statement tonight. Well, I've got nothing to lose. So that's that's the given because they've just been horrendous. I mean, the, the week before against Port, uh, against Hawthorne, they got humbled by 64 points, one in every stats department last week. They controlled the footy again, diggers. And, uh, you know, seemingly... Just had enough of a buffer. Two to three goals, two to three goals, two to three goals. Bang, got caught on the line, albeit by, you know, <laughs> a great kick from Jordan Dawson. Uh, but I can't, I can see an improvement, Tim, in effort. I can see an improvement in perhaps, you know, the way they go about their footy. They'll be manic early. You can absolutely, but if Melbourne absorb that, I, I, they'll, just, they'll just run over them in the second half. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, I think. Port can win and win reasonably well, Tim. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm with the D's here to get things done and get to four and zero, and they're just in beautiful shape. You're right, and and Tim made a really good point earlier in regards to Melbourne, who obviously are awfully hard to beat tonight. Brad, this premiership defence has just been really, really seamless thus far, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, and and, and that's what you'd expect. I mean, you know, if you're playing the, the the pointy end of the season, you want to come out and you, and you enjoy the spoils, but you want to come out and you want to perform. As I say, there, there's going to be times they're going to get caught somewhere during the year. There's yes. no doubt about that. But it, it, it may not be just now because they know, looking at their well, not arch rivals, but their contenders, the Bulldogs are one and two, Port are zero and three, uh, Brisbane are three and zero. So at the moment, the one that represents the biggest headache for them they haven't seen yet, which is uh, which is Brisbane, um, they know that if they can, you know, lock away these early four pointers, um, that's going to stand them in really, really good stead going forward. Absolutely, bank them early. Yeah, and once you get to the yep. the grind of June and July, like we saw last year, I think they lost to GWS at home at the MCG yep. mid year last year. You can afford to have slip ups like that. So we get to Friday night, Geelong 180, Brisbane $2, something we haven't spoken about, and we've spoken to him a couple of times on this program before. Daniel Rich, 250 games. What an absolute warrior he's been for Brisbane. That's a ripper effort, you know. I mean, remember he was going to go, I think he was going to go pick four when he the diggers back in the day and, and and somehow he slid and he slid. I think what did he end up going? I think he ended up going at about, uh, what did he go at seven? I think he went at seven. Stephen Hill sure was went... taken before him. So, was, uh, it, was it Nick Natanui's year as well? Yeah, I think he was picked seven in the 2008 draft. I'll stand yeah. corrected on that. But he was going to be high. At one stage, he was, he was going to be number one, you know, and, and he just kept slipping and slipping. We thought, oh, this is a bit weird anyway. But when Chris Fagan came into the club and just sort of said, mate, um, you know, really pleased to meet you. And I, I think that you, your best football is in front of you. I think he really liked that. And, you know, he was probably uh, – he was never going to cut it in the midfield with his – Probably lack of speed, but he's unbelievable lethal kick off the half back line. He became an ideal back pocket half back flanker, hasn't he? He hasn't looked back, and he's still getting like you know your your midfielder numbers. But the damage he does with the football in his hands is just superb. So well done to the young man. He, well, he's not that young anymore. I think he's rising thirty two, and uh, yeah, it's their year. This is their year. They've got to really put it on the line. You've seen what's happened at Port Adelaide. So you know Brisbane have been another team that have been knocking on the door, you know, for a few years now. And it's about time to uh, capitalise on that. And I think they can take the cats down there. I'm not. I'm not enamoured with the cats to be honest. So um, so you're uh, Brisbane. Even down. Even down there, I'm going Brisbane. Okay, yeah. Brisbane. Now Jack Watts pick one in that draft. Nick Natanui two. Stephen Hill three. Hamish Hartlett four. Michael Hurley five. Chris Yarren. 
Boy, oh boy. Pick six, Daniel Rich, Ty Vickery, Jack Zebel, and Phil Davis. Well, the best three there, mm. Nick Nat, Daniel Rich, and still side bottom, I would think. Oh, he was 11, yeah. yeah. He was 11. Tom, yeah, yeah, you're oh, right. Maybe Jack Zebel as well. He's been a big Luke Shuey was pick 18, West Coast. Handy player. Norm Smith medalist. But, yeah, I'm with... I'm with you in regards to this game. I think it's absorbing, but I'm I'm keen Geelong. No Oscar McInerney for me. I think that is a pretty significant blow because they aren't blessed with a great deal of depth in the big man department. Tim, you're leaning towards? I'm with Geelong there as well, but lost a bit of confidence over the past 24 hours in the Cats, but I'll just bank on them winning down there. Saturday afternoon, well, we're worried about the championships, whether they'll go ahead. So it's obviously going to be wet Sydney and North Melbourne. Sydney still get a good handle on them here, don't they, Brad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's one thing. I mean, they're a little bit down against my boys last start, but uh, they will uh, thrive in the conditions up there. North Melbourne, look, again, you'll expect a little bit of a bite back. They were horrendous, you know, 108 points. That is just, you just can't have that. So if they were horses, they'd be going over the hurdles this week, that's for sure. And I dare say, look, I think he's going to back them in to a large degree. He, you know, he's trying to give these blokes, but I don't know why. Uh, I'd be making some changes, but he's uh, sort of gone the other way by the sound of it. He's going try and back the blokes in who embarrassed themselves last week to see if they've got any pride in their performance. But, no, Sydney get the job done here. Well, they've got nothing underneath, Brad. That's the concern. Didn't the VFL get dealt The VFL through? side got flogged as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so. I just I just, I, I just look at what West Coast were able to do against them a couple of weeks ago with a, with a waffle team. And, you know, I just think that, you know, sometimes you just got to promote the kids for the, sometimes for the hell of it. You know, reputations count for nothing. And, you know, just just send a, one across the bow of everybody in the club that just because you're a name doesn't mean you're going to get picked. Mm. Yes. Flogging, flogging upcoming here. Yeah. Good old-fashioned pasting, Tim. Play the line big time. Collingwood and the West Coast Eagles is the Saturday twilight game, and this market's tightened up a bit. Collingwood one thirty-three, three dollars thirty West Coast. Yeah, you got to go with the pies. I mean, they just—I don't know—they just completely lost the handle of the game last week. They were. A, Invincible in that third quarter, they were outstanding. Their their pressure and you know Marvel's never been their greatest venue, but I think they'll be okay against West Coast here. And if they can um, you know stop that mishap that they had last week against Geelong, eight unanswered goals, uh, which I'm sure they would have worked on pretty hard this week. I think they'll uh, they'll have too much for West Coast. Yeah, I'm with the Pies as well, and even the line there, eighteen and a half, it doesn't look a terrible bet. Uh, Diggers. Collingwood. Yep. Okay. Fremantle and GWS, 185 the Dockers. The Giants, 195. This is starting to correct itself a little bit, the market, I think. Uh, Diggers and Brad, I think they should be favourites. Who, the Giants? No, no, the Dockers. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, 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 the Dockers' home ground. Yep. You know, they're coming off a, a really solid win. Um, look, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that GWS Giants are going to test them more than West Coast did last week. That's a given because they're very clean at ground level. Uh, the, the Giants, they do travel over there reasonably well. Even if they get beat, they generally put in a reasonable performance. So, yeah, I'm tipping Fremantle to win, but I think this is going to be one hell of a game. Yeah, I, I agree. There's nothing in it. The market is interesting. And, look, we mentioned it earlier, Brad, in regards to Phil Davis. We know he's missing long-term with that hamstring injury. But if they cannot have access to Nick Haynes, that hurts them behind the ball. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's, he just, yeah, he's a terrific player. Again, just got a little bit off the off the boil last year, but um, yeah, I think that I just like if their midfield can match Fremantle's midfield, which I think that's capable of doing. Um, yeah, it's whoever creates the best chances up front. I'd love to see them win Fremantle to be three and one, and then they can really gird the loins for some trips east and try and get some victories over on that side of the country, it, Tim. It starts Essendon yeah. week after on the Easter weekend. 
I'm with I'm with the Dockers here, but I think it is the game of the round. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker Saturday night. It'll be essential viewing. Richmond and the Western Bulldogs. It gets underway at the same time as Fremantle and GWS. The Tigers two sixty. The doggies are one dollar fifty. Brad. Yeah, short enough, the Dogs and, and the Tigers. You know, I'm expecting a little bit of a... I think it's going to be one of those years for the Tigers. I think they're going to be up and down, up and down. And, you know, you can't underestimate them because if you do, they will take the liberty of uh, putting you to the sword. But I think the Doggies, um, if they bring the same sort of aggressive style of football, the attacking football, and kick straight up, um, they could, could, should beat the Tigers. Yeah, for me, this is... This is a perfect assignment for the Western Bulldogs. Rested, healthy, no excuses against the side missing Grimes, Martin. If the Western Bulldogs don't win that, well, they're kidding themselves. Yep. Uh, I'm with the doggies, but I'm it's at the MCG. Expect a bounce back from the Tigers from what we saw, the disappointment of last week. Doggies, but maybe the Tigers at the line could be the bet, plus 11.5. This could be a close one. Sunday morning, Essendon 144, Adelaide $2.80. Uh, this is this is you talk about no excuses, diggers. This is no excuses time for the bombers. Put up or shut yeah. up here. Well, they're blessed. I mean, they've drawn the Adelaide Crows, haven't they? I mean, you, you probably wouldn't back them in against too many other teams in the competition. Yeah, yeah, bar North. Um, yeah, so I think I think they get the job done here, and it's it's critical for them. I mean, zero and three. As I say, they've got to get just four points and just try and regather a little bit of confidence. The Crows got their got the job done in the showdown last week, but they've got a long way, a lot, a lot of work to do still. So I'll go with the Bombers on that one. Essendon comfortably put the fork right in them if they lose this one. The Bombers to the Crows, they won't lose under the roof on Sunday morning. We get to the middle game, Hawthorne and St Kilda. This is the one that the punters are really having a tough time separating. Brad, uh, mm. no Chad Wingard. We just referenced earlier on. St Kilda, if they can win this, they get to the 3-1 and, and all of a sudden they start setting themselves up. Yeah, yeah, as I say, they've been playing in fits and starts like they did against Fremantle and they were, look, they were on the ropes last week. You know, uh, Richmond had them, you know, pretty much on the, you know, down for the count. To their credit, and they turn on a, an astonishing, if they can start like that, the way they finish, well, this is going to be one hell of a game. I'm going to go with the Hawks, though. I, I, I like the way that Sam Mitchell's going about things, and we spoke about it on Tuesday, Diggers, that, you know, even though when they were down, they weren't frightened to go for their shots, you know, bring the ball with yeah. a, a lateral kick through the mid, 45-degree plane through the middle of the ground. If they can handle King... Um, which is going to be hard, but you're going to probably look at Sicily and a couple of others to try and do that. Uh, I think their midfield's okay. I think, you know, their, their forward line has, has uh, sort of regenerated a little bit, even without um, Wingard being there. I, I like the outside of here. I don't mind being on the Hawks here at the MCG. It'll be interesting to see whether they can move the ball from their defence through to their forward line as effortlessly as they did after quarter time against Carlton in this match. I like the Saints mm. because the forecast is dry. There's rain coming late. But if they can get a good look and supply with those tall forwards, I think they're going to be awfully hard to beat. I'll ask you something about Jeff Kennett in a second after we look at the last game, Brad. Yeah, um, mm. look, I'm still working out here, leaning towards the Saints, but could easily end up with Hawthorne there. I'll need a couple more hours to make a decision. Gold Coast. Well, the, other, the, the, other, the other thing, too, is if Carlton were playing St Kilda, who would you be picking? Uh, yeah, it'd be under the roof, so the Saints would be a chance. If it was at the MCG, no, no, probably the, Carlton. The MCG. Yeah, probably yeah, Carlton. 50-50 so yeah, for me. 50-50. Yeah, they just got tipped. Hawks just got tipped off last week and they looked like going to win. So, yeah. yeah. They're the glamour team at the moment. The Blues and they're $1.55 <laughs> up against the Suns, two forty-five. 
Yeah, well, the, the Suns, they, um, they disappointed themselves last week. But they're always going to be hard to beat here. They're always going to be hard to beat. Um, look, I, I think Carlton get it done, but this is going to be one hell of a match. I think it's a, the market's a fair way apart on this one. Um, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't mind me taking it. Yeah, if you pick your own line there, maybe on tab touch, you, you might be able to get something out of Gold Coast Suns because I think they will um, certainly. I mean, they got, Tuke Miller didn't see it last week. He got, uh, he got taken out of the game. So, yeah, and Carlton are going along swimmingly right at the moment, particularly Cripps and uh, Walsh. They're just killing them. So, and the boys up forward. So they should be winning Carlton, but yeah, if you if you got a candle for the Gold Coast Suns, don't be frightened to jump in. Yeah, look, I'm tipping Carlton, but I'm with you, Brad. It wouldn't shock me at all if Gold Coast upset them. I'm not as bullish as you on the Suns, Diggers. Okay. But uh, I'm with the Blues, but I'm certainly hoping that the Suns can follow on what they did against Melbourne a couple of weeks ago up there and make it competitive at the very least. Now, we just touched on Hawthorne, Brad. Jeff Kennett, what's yep. the latest there and what's his future look like? I don't think it's going to change. Look, okay. I think the Hawk for, Hawk for change, uh, you know, obviously want to get him out yesterday, and that's been the, their case all year um, since they, they brought this challenge out. It hasn't been ideal reading. I've been listening to Luke Hodge. I've been listening to um, Jordan Lewis. They were, by what their reports anyway, unaware of um, a couple of the incidents that were alleged, um, particularly one on an end-of-season trip. So, yeah, good journalism, but... It might have had to be a little bit of a retraction here and there. Um, look, all I'll say is this: I, you know, and I'm a massive Rioli fan, as you, the Riolis per se. There's always two sides to the story, and the back the back story is not quite out there at the moment. So we'll have to wait with we'll see where this goes. But I'm, yeah, it's there's a there's a there's an edge to it which will become apparent sometime down the track, but I'm not prepared to say because it's not my, my position to do so. But I think there's, there's always, when you look at these things, don't always just take it on face value. Make sure you do an investigation to see what's sort of, there's two sides of the coin here. Will Jeff Kennett survive before that backstory is told? Uh, no, he'll walk. He'll walk when he wants to. He'll, I think he's, they want him out. I think he's scheduled to go at about June 30, Diggers, and I, I think that'll be the case. I think that that's what he'll, he'll he'll go quietly. He won't go now. He won't. Yeah, the one thing you don't do is wave a red flag in front of Jeff. You know what I mean? Because he will push back and he will continue to push back. And as hard as they want to push and as hard as they want to change, it will come. Uh, it'll just be done on the on the terms and the time of um, of Jeff Kennett and when he when he proposed he was going to do it in the first place. Brad, as always, this segment is thanks to Morts and the Nude Nut and Morts. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! You can't. You know who's on tonight, don't you, Diggers? Morts and Radley. Yes. Talking trots. Ho ho ho! We better watch our backs, boys. We better watch our backs. Not for not for Radley because he's he's a straight up sort of a guy. But Morts, God Almighty, he sponsors this show and me. And you you know, God, you've got to watch this pot there, Diggers. Make sure everything's nailed down there. Mate, go in and see Wesley Cameron. Make sure your contract's locked up because Morts. I tell you what, he fancies himself as a bit of a broadcaster, boys. So chip in there and don't forget he's got 17 stores. There's got to be one near you. And the Nude Nut. He's going swimmingly well. One eight hundred one hundred one hundred loans one two three dot com dot au. He can do things the banks can't, boys. Absolutely right. From nine o'clock tonight, get that gets underway. Talking trots, Brad. Oh, yeah. you... By the way, yeah, back there's a, there's a race of walkers today, diggers at race six at Kilmore. Sebastian the Fox will win that, and then have something on Williams if they race. On Saturday, have something on Williamsburg in the first. He'll be winning over the mile. Okay. All right. Good stuff, Brad. We'll hear from you Sunday morning.